1: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
0: Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another crisp fall Saturday morning here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our new sponsor, Jeremy Cleveringer Fitness, who we featured on episode 145. If you haven't heard that episode yet, I encourage you to go back and take a listen, especially if you're struggling to get and stay in shape as a busy leader. I hope you're having a great day today. I have a quick question for you. Do you listen to these episodes on audio or have you tried watching them on video? Well, if you haven't tried... To watch these interviews on video, I encourage you to give it a try. We have a growing following now on YouTube, so head on over there and check it out, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I have another great show lined up for you today, but before we get started, I just wanted to remind you to take a look at the leadership books on my website. I've written three leadership books, and I recommend you start with I Have the Watch first. It's filled with 22 short stories that will help you become a leader worth following. It's a quick read, and most people finish it in less than three hours. It's also available in Kindle and on Audible, so you can listen in the car or while you're working out. So check out all my books, either on Amazon or my website, johnsrenny.com. Well, that is it. Today, this episode is very interesting. We're going to be talking about acquiring and developing leadership skills by reading and discussing fictional books. Yes, fictional books. My guest today is uh, Melanie Bell. She is the founder of Leaders Who Fiction, where she creates fictional book study programs focused on learning leadership qualities. Have you ever felt guilty reading a fictional book and not hardcore business books all the time? Well, Melanie is going to help you get rid of that guilt and embrace the idea of learning leadership through fiction. Now, this was a fun discussion that I know you're going to love. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Melanie Bell. Melanie is the co-founder of Strategic Peace, a company that helps B2B businesses grow. She is an angel investor and mentors students at Rice University. She also founded Leaders Who Fiction, where she helps people acquire and develop leadership qualities through reading and discussing fictional books. Now, I'm excited to have her on the show to talk about this very unique leadership development process. So, Melanie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really excited to talk to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to meet you and I'm excited to talk about the subject because it's something we haven't talked about on the show, the idea of fictional stories and how they can be used for leadership development. So I'm excited to get into that. But before we get into that topic, tell us a little bit about strategic piece. Uh, what what uh, do B2B companies come to you to try and solve? Sure, so
1: we... Uh, tend to work with what we call growth stage companies. And I realize that that can mean a lot of different things to different people. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be a startup. It could be a more mature company. But we, our clients come to us when they've at least figured out what it's going to take to get a sale um, and they're ready to scale up their marketing activities. We've also worked with companies that have been around for 20 years and been very dependent on... Um, you know, boots on the ground, Salesforce, and then there's a lot of leverage that they can get out of investing in the marketing. So they come to us and we work with them on their, uh, marketing strategy. How do they interact with their customers? Um, and, uh, it can be everything from that strategy to operational stuff and putting in the software to make marketing run effectively.
0: Okay. And it's systems based. It's, uh, it's, it's based on technology. Is that right?
1: Yeah, a lot of what we will look at is how do we implement technology to make this as easy as possible so that companies don't need to hire um, you know, necessarily like 20 people to do what five people now can do. So we use we specialize in the HubSpot platform. And so that's every that covers everything from a sales CRM for some of our customers to marketing automation, sending, you know, uh doing automatic database segmentation and sending email campaigns to people or managing social media and that kind of stuff. And then being able to look at all of those analytics and decide what
0: to do next. Okay. Sounds like if, you, if you're you running a company and you're ready to grow, uh, come to you and you're going to help sort that out. Correct. So you yeah. don't have to hire 20 marketing people.
1: I mean, sometimes it's still <laughs> necessary. Depends what your growth goals are. But um, at least the technology stuff should give you some extra leverage um,
0: with those hires. That's great. And, and so tell us what you're doing at Rice University. What, what you mentor and you also an angel investor. Is that right? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, um, I am an angel investor. I went to Rice for Business School. Um, and I finished now 10 years ago. Um, but I was really involved there. They've got this amazing organization called the Rice Alliance. And that group, um, is really charged with, um, helping new companies get started and so they work with the office of tech transfer on stuff like you know how can student teams license technology that professors have developed and then go commercialize that um so the rice alliance was there when i was in business school and their rice's initiatives around entrepreneurship have really expanded in the last few years we've got some new centers and so um centers of really cultivating entrepreneurs and giving and sometimes it's supporting alums that are starting businesses. Sometimes it's giving students a taste of what is it like to run a business. So they run accelerator programs during the summer, um, for student teams to form. And so I've mentored companies that are going through that. And then, um, but also, you know, I'll go participate in some of the entrepreneurship classes as a, as a guest community member in the startup community, um, to give students feedback as they're you know, validating problems and talking to potential customers to see if this is really an issue and kind of, you know, going through the, those formative steps that anybody who is an entrepreneur is going to end up going through. So, um, it's one of my alma maters So very connected with it and loves yeah, supporting th- their That's great. I mean,
0: I know, I know in here and I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, and we, we have a very active veteran entrepreneur network yes. and I'm very active with that just because same thing I, I run a business and so I can mentor and, and help and answer questions like okay yeah I you know I'm six years in so I can answer a few questions for the people that are just getting started and trying to get funding and all that sort of thing so yeah that sounds yeah. sounds fantastic so sounds like there's an infrastructure there that you're helping out with
1: yeah yeah just yeah. Vol- I mean voluntary, not running it but um yeah you know I, I it's really fun rice is a beautiful campus so it also gives me an excuse to uh to go back and, and right, get to see yeah. it and
0: I love yeah. it. That's that's so cool. And so, when did you develop your passion for for leadership and helping people develop their leadership qualities? When did you sort of, where you know, get to the point where you're like, I, I want to do something to help people develop?
1: Yeah. I, so, after I finished business school, my first. of job out of that was I worked at a startup accelerator. And so we had a pretty traditional cohort, you know, three month cohort program with the, you know, 10 to 12 startups would come office with us. And I was their director of marketing and I got to, um, work a lot with the, you know, with the founders and coach them as we did, you know, got ready for demo day. So work with them on their pitches or connecting them with mentors and, um, I, I loved being in that advi- that environment of supporting people as they were working on their goals um you know and helping them achieve that and then I started my own company because I, I really I don't know how you can be surrounded by entrepreneurs all the time and then not <laughs> want to like attempt it yourself right um which is yeah it's like all the crazy people just got <laughs> clumped together I think yeah. and uh so I've been doing that for eight years and a lot of I think actually almost all of our clients, our main points of contact would be director, VP, C-level. And so we tend to work with leaders at organizations. um, And I think just as I've worked on with different companies and different projects, you know, I've I've seen good examples and bad examples. And I kind of joke, even though I'm a marketing consultant in a lot of ways, you end up being a bit of a general coach um, to these executive teams as well. And so I think that's, where it started to dovetail in. And um, so that was kind of my interest in helping other people. And I had kind of before business school, I became a manager of a department with 10-ish people um, after I had worked for one year. Mm. And I was so... (laughs) I thought I was ready for it. Um, You know, that was a really nice, naive, youthful opinion of that and made a lot of mistakes. And I... I think just kind of looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, like I could have learned differently and had different training. And I think, you know, some of that stuff might have been smoothed out. Um,
0: yeah, Some well, of it
1: probably not because I think you have to go through it. Um, you
0: do. And, and the thing is, your story is, is not you know, it's, it's not unique. It's, it's common that people get promoted and there's son, you know, we were talking about before we started, they get thrown in the deep end of the pool. So, yeah, you know, and you've, you've got to figure out how to swim and you've, you know, you, you're, typically you're, you're looked at from promotions because of your individual contributions, right? So you're really good at some particular function and we're like, we're going to promote you to manager. And, and that's a whole different set of skills that you're not Absolutely. necessarily trained at or experienced in. And, uh, they might send you to one class or to read a book or something like that, but, but you're, you're, you're all almost always ill-prepared for that first, uh, management, uh, Position, leadership position. You know, you're just you're you're swimming in the deep end. I, sw- I swam in the deep end when I was in the navy. I showed up and had a team reporting to me. Like right when I first got to the the submarine, I mean, I, I was trying to find my way to the bathroom. I didn't even know yeah. where where my bed was, and yet these there's these guys that are going to be working for me. And I'm like, oh, you know. And it's like, um,
1: can I ask can I ask them where the bathroom
0: is? Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm supposed to be in charge. I don't even, I not even know my way around this you know this boat. So yeah, it's intimidating, and and a lot of people uh, uh, struggle through that. And and and, yeah. and and I think in general we don't do a good enough job developing those qualities you know giving people uh you know chances to practice before they get into that first management job we sort of throw them in the deep end and say good luck you know so, yeah. yeah yeah
1: well and, um so when i was you know we did we they did have in, us interview you know they interviewed internal candidates and external candidates and um they pointed out at the end of the interview that i had used the terms management and leadership interchangeably ah. and they said you know, there is really kind of a difference or there can be, yeah, so like, yeah. let's talk about that. And so that was that was really interesting to me. And then when I did get the position, I was like, oh my, cause this company was going through really fast growth. And um, so there were a lot of things that weren't in place that you would have if you were in a corporate environment and had, you know, formal training and that kind of stuff. And I remember going, okay, so I have this job now, like, what can I, can I go read? On this, I mean, now I think too, there's so many podcasts and you know, this and YouTube, and you know, right, there are a lot right. of resources. And um, they said, Oh, go read psychology books, like that's oh. that's where you so much of managing is managing people and understanding psychology. So that was where they, I it had really been, is, um,
0: yeah, on this podcast, we we tend to when we run into people who've done. Who are sort of experts and have done research? It's almost always psychologists that are, are, mm. are somehow got into the leadership space through their research and the thing that they've done. It's it's because you're leading people, and it's and it's um, it's the psychology of people, the sociology of people, how they how how they react in groups, how they react individually. It's it's a people business, and I, I say is. that in my yeah. books. You know, leadership is a people business. So yeah, it's not. Uh, surprising that it's it's they told you to read psychology books because it's a a lot of psychology uh, yeah absolutely yeah really interesting um so what what i want to talk to you about because i think it's so unique is uh leaders who fiction so you started this uh tell us what it is and what you do
1: sure so um for lack of a better word um or a term, it is, uh, an online book club. Um, my husband is, who is also my business partner now, uh, he's like, Oh, you can't call it a book club. People aren't going to want to join a book club. I'm <laughs> like, well, so, I think sometimes if you're a big reader, it's okay. Um, so but for lack of a better word, we are an online book club. It's a group of people who want to work on their leadership skills. Um, and most of us, I think everybody there really loves reading fiction and either, um, has struggled to find the time to read, um, and that excuse. And so we provide that accountability, but then we also, it's a nice kind of networking exercise community that you get too. So it can be really good if you're introverted or something like that. you're like, I want to build a network, but I need something to talk to someone about. I'm not, you know, it's hard to just go up and shake hands, but, um, yeah. So we meet once a month online and, and, and talk about a book that like we all read the same book and then talk about it. Only.
0: So what's the process like you, you, pick, you, you pick a book, you go through it. And so when you have your monthly meeting, is it on a chapter or a section of the book, uh, or is it, uh, everyone reads the whole book and then you have regular meetings on it, or how does that work as far as the process?
1: Sure. So every, we read the whole book, um, although we have had people come on and they're like, I haven't had a chance to read the book, but I want to listen to the discussion (laughs) so that, you know, we're pretty relaxed about that. And, um, it's really, um, like a free range conversation. Um, it's what people want to talk about. And so I, I will go in advance and I'll, you know, I do do, read interviews that the author has had about the book or listen to podcasts and kind of pull out stuff they were trying to do so that I've got some fodder for getting the conversation started. But we meet for an hour and it's, you know, I think the conversation keeps, keeps moving. And, and sometimes we talk just generally about, oh, did you like that character? That character was crazy. And, and then, but we also will try to pull it back to, okay, some leadership things that we've, each of us have picked up on.
0: Okay. So, um, so why nonfiction? Why is it so, uh, why, why nonfiction? Cause I, I, you know, on this podcast, I, I interview authors all the time and it's all, yeah. we're all, we're all, we're all, I'm, I'm sorry. What, I was going to ask you why fiction? I was going to we, we interview a yeah. lot of non-fictional authors here on the show. Uh, and I'm a nonfiction writer too, but mm-hmm. why, why fiction? Why go in that direction? What's the, um, what's the... Why is that special for learning leadership lessons? Sure.
1: And I, I don't want to sound like I'm knocking nonfiction because I think there are a lot of amazing books out there um, that are. I just, I've, so one thing I had noticed just generally was a, that people felt like they, if they were going to read, they needed to have it be something productive. Um, it was like, I okay. really, if I'm going to read, I want it to be something that's going to help me at my job and help me with these skills. And, um, So I just kind of wanted to push back on the assumption that that always had to be a nonfiction book. Right. Um, The other thing that I found is, at least with some business books, that you end up... The authors will try to get to the essence of an issue. And so when they're talking about a situation um it ends it can be ob- more obvious okay so what what would you do in that situation or what's what's the right move here or the wrong move here whereas a fiction writer they tend if they're a good writer what they're trying to do is i'm not trying to necessarily communicate a message but i'm going to explore these situations from different angles and they they almost try to emphasize that complexity and so i think for me that's a big difference between nonfiction and fiction is it's the fiction ends up being it's not everything is black and white and cut and dry. It's like you do get these lots of facets of people and, you know, yeah. you have like these terrible characters that are really unlikable and then you end up feeling sympathetic for them because you get to understand them better. And so I think to me, that's one of the key differences between the nonfiction. And I, the,
0: I and think you're it. right. I think you're spot on. I think, yeah, and I'm a writer myself, and I steer people towards solutions, right? I tell stories. I tell a lot of stories in my book, but I'm like, oh, and this is what happened, and this is how you can do it in in your life, yeah. you know. So, like, I give you the, you know, the bottom line. In fact, even I summarize in some of my chapters. Here's, you know, here are the lessons from this these stories Definitely. That you can apply in your own life. So we distill it down to some simple points that the people can take away. But in and in fiction, you have you just have your thoughts on what just what just to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think on fiction you 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 tend to think about it more. Like it it there wasn't a clean black and white answer at the end. Like you said, you have characters that you hate, but then they do something that you 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 know, they do something redeeming at the end, or they do and you're like, Well, you know, and then you think about that and they just roll through your head, and yeah. uh, and there's no and the authors don't give you a solution, they just said that's because. And I think what, what's accurate about that is that's the way people are. People are complex. They're not a simple black and white. Everybody's gonna act a certain way towards yeah. you know, change or to to uh new systems or uh new boss. Everyone's gonna react to things differently. And in these in these fictional books, tell you get that kind of you get that complexity that you don't yeah. see in a fiction book. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and I think too, I mean, sometimes God, we're faced with I have to make this decision and neither option is good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How,
1: you know, and and thinking, I think, critically through that and the the implications of that. I think that you get that, you know, you c- it kind of is like this way to practice those exercises if you're doing, you know, if you're reflecting as well as reading. And and I like I said, I think that there's room for both. And you know, this yeah, is not to yeah. not non-fiction. I just want to make sure that fiction has has a seat at that table um, that it can be a good tool.
0: We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Now, don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to help take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. Now, I've worked with Jeremy for the past year, and I'm in the best shape of my life. So if you want to step up your game reach out to Jeremy at jeremyclevengerfitness.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by the Fraternity of Excellence. The Fraternity of Excellence is an online and real-world community for men who are looking to improve in all areas of their lives. The men of FOE are working together to become better husbands, fathers, and leaders at work and in their communities. So what are some examples or an example of a book that you would read? Uh, that's a, a fictional book that you would read.
1: So the, we haven't read this as the group, but this was the, um, like kind of as like, I look back with hindsight or like, what are the little steps and pieces how how i got all of this put together. Um, so after I finished business school and I was working at this accelerator Um, A friend of mine had recommended a book called Ender's Game, which is a fairly popular sci-fi book, but I think from the 70s or 80s, something, you know, like it's not a recent book. And I don't read a lot of science fiction, but I do enjoy it every once in a while. And I read this book in like one day, I absolutely loved it. And I just remember like sitting on my couch, reading this and be like, this would have been the best book I could have read at business school. Like this was better than the stuff, you know, Yeah. uh, you know, we read stuff about GE CEOs and case studies and this kind of stuff. And I'm like, this would have been so good to illustrate some of these leadership concepts. And so that is a book I I generally would recommend to people who are kind of interested in testing this concept out. Um, We've read, actually, so one of the books, somebody who's in Leaders Who Fiction had recommended... It's a book, it was actually written um, for an 11 year old, for the writer's son. And it was by Salman Rushdie and it's Haroon and the Sea of Stories. And I had never read this book and it's a short, fast read. Um, but that one was really interesting because the the characters got some leadership challenges that they take on. And then there's stuff about kind of these two, you know, it's two armies and then different leadership styles within the armies and, mm-hmm. and these civilizations and so i think the stuff is there if you want to read it through a leadership lens yeah um, yeah yeah so those are just a couple that come that come to mind
0: that's really interesting i i know we were talking earlier before we started the show is that um uh i've got a friend that uh runs a podcast it's it's it's, it's a star trek it's a um, yeah, Starfleet Ac- Leadership Academy podcast. That sounds sh- so cool. Yeah. And it's just he he takes and he'll randomly watches a Star Trek episode from any one of the many seasons that they have. And then he will he will summarize it and then talk about the leadership lessons on a podcast. And I I always think that it's just the most unique podcast because he's He's taking these stories, right, mm-hmm. and then he's unpacking the different things that went potentially right and wrong, and and uh, and it's a really interesting leadership podcast because it's it's so unique. It's 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 breaking down stories, and it sounds like what you're doing is breaking down stories to unpack the lessons. And what I like too is is that you're doing it in a discussion format. So it's a Mm -hmm. back and forth dialogue, like, all right, you know, this happened. What do you, you know, what do you think? You know, and it's in, and whenever I'm in those kind of discussions, you always get insight that you wouldn't have thought of yourself. So you think of it this way, but someone else might've seen it completely different. And I think getting that other viewpoint kind of adds, you know, it, it, it makes the whole, gives you a better view of the situation.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think, I mean I was talking to somebody else they had a, a while ago worked on stuff about leadership lessons in movies and how how yeah. that can dovetail. And so I thought that was really cool and I was doing some reading around this and I came across an article and I am not a neuroscientist so I cannot back this up if this is true or not true. Um but something that I read was when we read our brains switch into simulation mode. Yes. And like the only other way to do that is if you're actually like in a simulation software kind of thing, like that's the closest we can get. And so I think that's another really cool thing that I think there's is a nice compliment to the, like, I'm actually going to read and be in that perspective and I can almost as a simulation and then and then talk about it. But if we just talk about it, I don't know that it's as, a, you know, I don't think it'd be as interesting to have a conversation of like, okay, so let's just talk about empathy for an hour and we can talk abstractly, but this right. is helpful because it, right. it's it got a different dimension to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really neat. I think um, one of the things you, you, you mentioned this and I thought it was kind of interesting. You said that um, these, you know, reading fiction helps you become a better leader, but while not sacrificing what you love to do. Is that mm. the idea of being able to read fiction? You know, because I think what you said was, and I think I feel that as a leader, too. I'm always trying to get better. So I'm always reading mm-hmm. leadership books. I'm always reading nonfiction. And so you're saying, no, it's you should take that break. Read some fiction because you're going to get a lot out of it. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think so. One of the other kind of pieces in this genesis of coming up with this idea was, I would talk to a lot of people. I, I was a very avid reader growing up and then I stopped early in my career. It was just like, oh, my eyes are tired and my brain is tired at the end of the day. And you know, and I'm gonna read fiction or I'm gonna read nonfiction. I'm gonna read the strategy books and the leadership training books and the books that everybody says I should be reading. And I was talking to other people who I work with and you know that are kind of in my network. And some of them were like, I really love reading fiction. So about five years ago, I started reading a lot more. And it's like, oh, you have to read this book. And they're like, oh, I never I never get a chance yeah, to read. Yeah. And so it was like, hey, I'm going to give you this, this excuse that you can do this thing that is pleasurable, that you love doing, but it keeps, you know, it's not as when there are fires to put out or that kind of thing. You know, it's easy to put the book down and and not pick it back up. Yeah. Um, and I had someone when I was starting this, they're like, well, what would you just say to someone who doesn't like to read? And I'm like, then it's not for them. Like, that's
0: tough. right, don't join you a know? book club.
1: <laughs> I'm not trying to like, I mean, great. If I could convert more people into being readers, but you know, like, that's fine. Go do something else that you love doing. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. but for people who like this, it shouldn't have to be something that they give up.
0: Yeah, and I and I know myself. I I don't read a lot of fiction right now. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. admit that, uh, but I always did most of my life. And I think now because I'm, you know, deep in the leadership space, I'm always trying to catch up on what the latest and greatest. And uh, and so I'm yeah. always seem like I'm behind in the thinking leadership thinking. And I'm trying to catch up. But um, but one of the things I notice is that when you read a fictional book, fictional story, you you can't put it down. Like yeah. you. It, it it draws you in especially if it's well written the characters the the plot the situation that you want you want to see a good writer will will create this tension and you want to you want to relieve the tension how how is this going to end right and so you're pulled into it and you're 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 reading it more whereas i think in a lot of uh nonfiction books you get bored easier because you know you're like okay I get it you know tell the story here's the point tell the story here's the point so and I think that's that's the draw too is that you can let your mind wander a little bit versus you know looking at a book from an analytical standpoint yeah
1: yeah I think that's true and I think the other thing too is when you get just so sucked into this other world or or his you know time in history or whatever it is you're not actively thinking about the problems you're trying to solve.
0: Yeah, and I think
1: sometimes it's really good for this. Is like again, this is not this is not anything based on science. It's just my own personal opinion. Or it's like when you don't think about it directly all the time, then sometimes you, you those answers are you know what oh, the right next move is. It 100%. comes up.
0: So oh, my, I, I believe in the subconscious, the, the, our, our subconscious minds solve problems all the time where we, it's like a lot of times I won't make a decision. You know, you, you, the idea of sleeping on it, that's, that's your subconscious mind working out the problem, you know, and then yeah. you wake up in the morning, you're like, Oh, I know what to do. Or you're in the shower. You're like, Oh, I got it. I, I was going to say
1: how many people are like, Oh, I come yeah. up with my best ideas in the showers. Oh, right. <laughs>
0: right. I mean, as a writer, that's where I've, I struggle like at night. I'm like, ah, how am I going to end this chapter? It doesn't make any sense. And I go to bed and like, and I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, I've got it. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like your subconscious works on that. Uh, when Yeah. And I think you're right. Let that's let your mind, uh, let that subconscious uh, work things out. And I think I think you're right. You're dealing with a problem at work and you're reading a non, or a fiction novel and your brain is is taking that scenario and applying it to your personal scenario too. Exactly. Wow, that's so cool. I really Yeah. It's really neat. Um you say too that you um lead, you know reading these fictional books helps us develop empathy and critical thinking skills. Explain hmm. that.
1: So I think it, you know, I think it ties into when we're seeing these characters like we talked about earlier, and they're complex. Yeah. We're all complex people. I mean, I'm a marketer, so we like to put people in boxes a lot oh, of 100%. the time. Yeah. Yeah. We're like the oh. worst at that. <laughs> and um, but that fiction kind of breaks out and it's like, yeah, how do you look at somebody from that 360 degree? What else is going on in their life? Or what was that that consequence for them? Um and so to me that's a really big developer of empathy of like and you have that simulation you we tend to identify with the protagonist in a story um and who so you're for hours then walking around in somebody else's life and somebody else's shoes um, and experiencing yes. that
0: yeah
1: um and so i think over over time you know i do think that increases people's empathy um for better or worse, I'm a high empathy person to start with, so yeah. sometimes it's yeah. like I need to dial it down a little bit. Um, but I think, from an empathy standpoint, like it's again that simulation and that practice of identifying with other
0: people that can be. I really like really that helpful. you're you're in a simulation essentially. Your 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 brain is, you know, you're watching a a created world with a created character go through a, a created story. And yeah. you're Yeah, and you're and and you're taking you're your it. experiences, your personal experiences in that story along with you, and uh, yeah, and you're seeing how it'll play out, and you're, you know, I think you're right. Like like I know when I read fiction, I anticipate what's going to happen. You know? Yes. And and so that's the the you're that's the simulation. Like okay, well, in my life, this is what's happened. So I'm imagining this character is going to have this happen. Yeah. And then sometimes that doesn't happen. It's something completely different. You know, and so you get to yeah, I think that's really neat the, the idea of it, you're you're sort of in a simulation, if you will. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is really interesting. And so, um, you, you also you also say it helps with employee communication uh, as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, so for me, I think anytime we're reading stuff that's well written, you will end up you know kind of osmosis picking up. Oh, yeah. Picking up the vocabulary, the grammar. How do I clearly express this point? The other thing is I haven't tested this out, but there is a group out there who does this. And I just think it's really cool. But they will go into organizations and um, a a team or a company will all read the same book. Oh, nice. And then internally, they're having these discussions about it. And I just think that's so cool because then you have... So first of all, you have common language. To share about yes. an issue. Yeah. And then the other thing is because it's a character who's doing something good or bad. Mm-hmm. Oh. You're not as defend, like you can talk about the issue and you're not talking about your colleague directly. Yes. Like, and so yes. a lot of times you're able to have these really productive conversations because people aren't feeling as defensive. I
0: love
1: um, that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, I just it's think like a third
0: a- party. It's like it's it's no one here, not us, not right. you. It's this character. Look what they yeah. did. You know, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I just I, really,
1: I have to look up the name of that company, but I just think that is
0: a really cool business. I really like that. I I do like what you say. I want to key in on that. The the idea of a common language. One of the things that I noticed um, in my experience in the military was we on a submarine had a common experience because we were locked in a metal tube for three months at a time so we shared a common view of our world because we were so close and we Mm -hmm. saw things exactly the same when i came into corporate i noticed everyone didn't have common experiences. So Mm. the people in the office had air conditioned offices, they had free coffee, uh, everyone was happy. And then, you know, you go down the shop floor and it was hot, it was dirty and and you had to buy coffee out of a vending machine. So your life experience was different. So you saw the business differently uh, right. Each department saw saw the business differently, and we didn't share those common experiences. So I think that was one of the elements that I noticed. Like when I was trying to run factories, was trying to build as much common, having common language, common uh, experiences, mm-hmm. uh, so that we could see the world the same way. And so I think what you're saying is that when you get a company, and you, you read a book like that, all read the book. You you have a common, you have a common framework that everybody has read, and everybody can 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 relate to. And I really like that. That's really important.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah that's so cool. So um, how can people find out about this? So um, it's called, uh, it's called leaders who fiction. So how can people find out about it and potentially join up on a, on, on one of the new uh, new books that you're going to do?
1: Sure. So we, I do have a website, leaders who fiction.com. Okay. And uh, on there you can, people can see, what meetings we have coming up and sign up it's currently free for people to join so you just need to you know get a copy of the book it can meet from your library or you can buy it and um we meet on zoom uh and as we get you know if we get more and more people participating we'll probably offer more times but right now it's like we've got you know we'll pick the last i think it's the last wednesday of the month and we meet uh noon central, but everyone is welcome, you know, to come and participate in that. So I
0: love it. I love yeah. it. We'll we'll definitely put a link in the show notes for that. And your company, how can people find out about, about your company, uh, strategic piece?
1: Uh, so, uh, strategicpiece.com is that website. Um, the other place that's probably really good is if people want to connect with me on LinkedIn.
0: LinkedIn.
1: Um, so Melanie Abel and I will send you the link, um, so that you have, have that.
0: Okay, fantastic. I mean, you just heard everybody listening, and you just heard of a leadership resource that is free, like this podcast. You get to yeah. you get free, you get free, uh, you know, information on this podcast. But you can go uh, to uh, leaders whofiction.com and you can join up on one of these uh, book studies and and read a fictional book and get a chance to talk to other leaders and to interpret that book and and learn the leadership lessons from that that is so fantastic melanie thank you for coming on the show and uh, sharing all this information this has been a a really informative and uh, a discussion i really appreciate it
1: yeah well thank you i this was always really fun i love talking about
0: this stuff Uh, i love it well thank thanks again
1: thanks
0: For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Electrocast transform your influence. Electrocast. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the Best Business Network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electric Gas Podcasts, and hear the culture. Electric Ass.